0: podcasts from the cat voices and sounds from crew and
1: nantwich you're listening to business brunch and today we're talking to two owners of a local farm that was originally purchased back in 1954 farm consisted of around 40 to 50 cows and 70 acres of land and it was purchased by an earlier generation of the family and now under the current ownership it has grown to 270 acres and 140 cows plus young stock. Despite current pressures on the agricultural sector, the farm continues to evolve uh, and prosper, and we're pleased to welcome today's guests, owners of Crab Mill Farm and Dairy Zone Limited, Janet Wright and her son Chris. Janet and Chris, welcome to Business Brunch.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, cheers for having us.
1: Janet, as I mentioned in the introduction, the farm was originally purchased by your father-in-law back in 1954 and has witnessed considerable change in farming practices over the years. So talk us through the dairy farming practices back in the 50s and how dairy farming has changed over the years that you've been involved.
2: In the beginning, it was very hard because we... They didn't have a milking parlour, they had ship and the cows were tied up. They still had to milk them, but it wasn't by hand uh, and it was hard going. They would do their own silaging, it would take about a week, so it was quite hard and it took them a while to pay off a big mortgage on the farm, so it was quite financially like, hard going for them. And just to explain what a ship-on is. Shippon ship is where you have a little cubicle and a tie. A cow was tied up so it can't move away. And therefore, the cow can be milked in a safety
1: in a safe way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and how how was it milked then?
2: I think it was just done by um, was it manual, Chris? Was it like manually? Manually, uh, manually. But I think he had like units on. But the units, it was you just put the units on and it was milked. But now we we have technology now, so it's a lot better.
1: Yeah. So what would you say was a major turning point, Chris, in between the fifties and now? or some of the major turning points in dairy farming?
0: I'd say the technology has grown massively. What we have now is unbelievable, what we ha- what they didn't have. Technology is now, we have a, I have an app on my phone for a genus. Um, what that is, is um, for when cows are bulling, it sends me alerts. So it, it comes up on my phone, so it's uh, it sends me pings. So I serve them and get them in calf. All the 140 cows have auto ID, so when they come in, we have a swing over. When they come in, the cows it automatically drops a corn, it automatically drops a unit, and when it comes off, it tells us how much. Um, say, for instance, she's given 25 litres. Saves that data.
1: But in regard to the actual milk itself, when it was moved from the farm back in the in the 50s, what was it kept in?
0: Milk churns, I Mil- think. In the old-fashioned milk churns? The old-fashioned milk, yeah, yeah, old milk
1: churns. Yeah, so it was shipped in those milk churns. There was no refrigeration or anything? No
0: refrigeration whatsoever.
1: And that was taken into where to a, a large factory?
0: Large factory, yeah.
1: And what happened to it then?
0: Um, it would get pasteurised and add um, chemicals so it lasts longer.
1: And that was back in the 50s. They used to put chemicals in it? Yep. So, when would you say that process changed? I'd say uh,
0: two thousand really.
1: It's taken a long time for that process to change, and uh, and when did refrigerated shipping co- come in?
2: I think it was earlier. about nineteen sixty seven. It came in. Yeah.
1: So they were doing that a little bit earlier. Yeah. W- when did they start breaking it down to different types of milk?
2: I think it's in the past, probably twenty years. of people are get more health conscious, only about. But really, the pasteurised milk, the full-fat milk, is much better for you.
1: Yeah, you're getting more. Well, yeah, yeah, you're getting the whole goodness of, of the milk. Okay, so uh, as we've outlined, farming's changed substantially over the years, and it's much different than its counterpart in um, in the 1950s. So, share with us how the changes in the agricultural sector, particularly dairy farming, how that's affected your farm.
2: I think basically they had like, you know, the 1967, they had the milk parlour was built and herringbone. And
1: then. So, in a herringbone? Bone,
2: it when the cows are put in and they have little cubicles, and then a bar comes down. So, and they have a units on.
1: And does that unit recognise the animal?
2: It does, yeah. It tells yeah. you, you feed it in and it tells you.
1: Yeah. And
2: basically, it's over the years, uh, the technology has played a massive part on how. Yeah, we can look after the cows better, and we can how much fat and protein, the data.
1: And structurally, how yeah. how did the farm change? Some of the buildings must be quite old.
0: Yeah, um, hopefully, as we get progress in, in a couple of years, I want to be more efficient on the farm and put a better cow-friendly setup for the cows.
1: But going going back to the changes that were made in between the fifties and two thousands. Yeah. What were, the, what were the other major changes that occurred on the farm?
2: Basic, how they look after the animals, really, because you know the the tractors came in and bat, you know, they had tractors, but more technology and able to do a better job, really.
1: You're still using animals to help you round the cows up. Yeah, we have dogs, so that's never changed. I mean, they use sheep dogs for sheep, don't they? And they yeah, use yeah. different, maybe a different dog to bring the cows in, but or to help bring them in. Yeah. So how would you say that other than the the dairy is a little bit more automated now. Is there any other changes that have been made in between 1954 and now that, that have really helped you? Uh,
0: I would say um, when in 2010, we had a brand, well, a brand new um, system in the parlour with auto RD. So before we had to, uh, they had a freeze brand on the cow, so we'd use like, for instance, she was 2227, and after we had to put that in the box, 2227 on each cow. So this time when they have all have auto ID, they come in, we scan them, it drops a corn, automatic feed, drops a unit, bang them on, and it'll tell us the milk yield and hold it data, and it's more efficient, more easier for everybody really.
1: Janet, you've now got 140 cows, uh, as I mentioned it previously, and maintaining a strong and healthy herd is paramount in ensuring you maximise the milk yield, uh, whilst also ensuring that you continue to produce uh, a high-quality product. So, talk us through how you achieve this.
2: Basically, we have uh, NMR, which we have milk recording each month, so we know what having to eat and make sure the nutrition of each cow. Uh, Each day when we have the milk collection from our farm, it gets tested and it comes on my app on my phone, what the fat is and protein. At the moment it's very good and by doing this, it helps us to improve our herd. We're very keen on the health and we're very keen that we have to look after the animals, the feet get done regularly. It's important to have keep the the cows' feet clean, and so they're not going bad with lame feet. So we want to you know keep on top of things,
1: and we want to you know be the best that we can do. And Chris, do you look after the herd when it's out in the field?
0: Yeah, I. Uh... I, we have a worker called Dowie, who helps me. He comes here in the morning, and afternoon, leaf milking, and he helps me. But, yeah, uh, we try and do regularly, um, every month, foot trimming, drying them off every... They'll be drying off by the 10 to 15 every month. Now, April till um, September, we're block, having sex semen, so we've got like 45 heifers calved. so uh, they'll be going uh, into
2: the year in two years. So as the cows get bigger, we can play, put them in the herd and the other ones will go off.
1: So there, there is like a succession in the herd. How old would an old cow be then?
2: Dependent, actually. We've had some for about four or five, six or seven. Um, yeah, we don't try and get rid
0: of any cows. We try and the older they are, the harder it is get them in calf. And you know that's why we always try to have f- try and do forty five placement um, heifers every year because they are the f- the fresh um, fresh blood and they help get us the. Fresh milking, because when a cow calves, that's where the milk comes in, the yield. So it's always important to get that fresh. Always getting them pregnant and get the milk there.
1: And all that's monitored on the on their individual log, is yeah, it, presumably. It. So if they see a vet. Yeah. for some reason or other, that's all on their log.
0: That's it, we always have um, everything a cow has, it always have, we always data it. So when the farm insurance come, they're seeing what we do every single day, make sure we're doing our job right, so everything's by the book.
1: So you're looking after their health and well-being, every aspect of the cow, to make sure that it, it's a happy animal and, uh, and it's giving the maximum amount of milk? Yep, yeah, that's correct. Janet, you touched on how you use new technology, and you, Chris, um, in regard to the the milking parlour. But there obviously there's lots more aspects to modern technology. So talk us through what technology you use to help you manage the herd, improve production, and also refine your business systems, you know, your bookkeeping and, and monitoring of uh, animal welfare, etc. How do you use technology in that respect? Well, the-
2: Basically everything else, we, we do the VAT each month on zero. I do that. There's wages to be paid, there's bills to be paid, on, everything's online now. My husband was a bit old-fashioned, bless him. He was writing cheques and I said, you know, it's expensive, we need to go online and everything we do now, we pay online. It's, it's efficient, it's safer and it doesn't cost you anything to pay online. So in one way, it's we've come leaps and bounds. When I came to the farm, we were doing every three quarter, uh, every three months. But I said it's important to have a business. We need we could do the VAT every month, so we're ploughing the VAT back into the business. And this has been a, a, you know, it's been a great boost for us. We're very keen to do the best we can, and we're very careful that we do everything by the book. We have um, Avonshaw, who do our Policy if we have a contract for christmas employed with us and and all the health and safeties we have to apply with but also it's important that we go with the technology this is will be help us in the future and it makes a big difference so it's um,
1: already helping with your cash flow because it does you do, your you cash
2: flow i know how much money we got i have an app on my phone I know I pay the bills I know when you know, we've got to keep an eye on things it's just monitoring it's important that we we don't um, overspend and at the moment we I put money in the business my husband's put money into the business but it's been hard going so we just have to be careful and um, you yeah.
1: but technology is allowing you to yeah. stay on top of that yeah it's yeah. been
2: brilliant actually and uh, Having emails and we know the data, and uh, we have Anna from HJ Lee. She does our costing for us because make sure we do the best nutrition for the cows. So it's been a remarkable thing. We, you, know, it's happened on technology. It's been fantastic.
1: And how about machinery, Chris? What kind of machinery? Are- because a lot a lot of farm machinery now has a, has a lot of modern technology in it doesn't it
0: yes that's correct um, like when we come to silaging um, we have a forest harvester and it takes about 6 hours all done you know it's more efficient it saves time and it's not sure about the weather when it's going to rain all that so you it need to be more efficient getting the grass in because you need to keep it dry because that's um, in the winter that is your bread and butter that what's produced milk in the winter time.
1: So that takes the cows through the wintertime when they're, when they're indoors?
0: Indoors, and that for season out till April.
1: Because uh,
0: silaging is the most important thing with the grass. If you can keep that grass gr- dry and get it in while the because su- you want to cut it when the sun's on it. Because when the sun's on it, so it's high in sugar. So you cut it, silage it, keep it in the shed, and then put the sheets on it, and then open it in September. Because a gravel holds, um, a gravel is 10 kilos, and 10, uh, 10 kilos feeds 10 cows. Per day? Per day. So we have 140 cows, um, so I take eight eight gravels out, and I mix it up well, and I put a bit of pressed pulp in there. Pressed pulp is like a bit of protein, and it does makes them. they just love it, they just fry off it, and they just produce more milk. You're listening to a podcast from The Cat.
1: Janet, the, the supermarkets in particular uh, have had plenty of negative press because of their pricing policy in regard to the cost per litre of milk that they imposed on, the, on dairy farmers. So share with us the effect it had on your cash flow and the changes you've had to implement to, to try and create your margin.
2: I think everyone's been affected uh, in the industry because people want cheap food and the supermarkets bring it in as a, a low price to bring people in. But people don't realise that, you know, milk is actually cheaper than water now, which is very sad. All the nutrients in milk. And also people don't realise that, you know, it costs money to produce a pint of milk. Plus the fact we've got our overheads, we've got the vet bills, we've got also we've got the corn and everything else. So it's been really hard financially for farmers um, over the years. And at one point, about three years ago, I went down to 16 pence a pint and it was hard. Um, so it's been really a hard struggle to make ends meet. And, uh, you know, it was just as if you get to the end of the month and they'd be just breaking even really, but...
1: I suppose if you go back a few years as well you didn't have all the technology that, that was showing you uh, how your cash flow was being affected
2: That's correct, yeah I mean, when I, well, I've i only been married 11 and a half years ago and uh, my husband didn't have a computer then so people don't realise what goes into a pint of milk uh, all the effort and work you know, it's not just your cow comes in you've got to wipe the teats down you've got to put the units on Everything's got cleaned out. There's all your vet bills and they're just keeping it on top of things. And, you know, and corn's gone up at very expensive. So it's been a hard struggle. And, you know, so we've had to really cut our cloth and it's been tough.
1: Yeah. And, and I suppose the supermarkets were under a lot of pressure to empathise with their suppliers. And uh, that's helped them work with you more yeah. ra- rather than trying to extract the, the largest amount yeah, of profit
2: from Yeah, I know. It. We've actually just changed now. So milk has gone a bit better now for us, but it needed to because everyone was struggling. I think what people
0: forget is everybody uses milk every single day, We, but they don't realise how much we actually do use it. We use it for bread. We use it for wheat. We use it for everything, and it's so cheap. Feed prices are going up?
1: So yeah. the corn, the corn is having a massive effect on you at the minute. Yeah,
0: yes. Because you know we, you know, because um, it's in its second uh, in Ukraine, the second largest wheat provider in the world. So you know it's going to be tight in winter. All the corns going to be up. So you know I think we've got to be more thankful for British farming and be more you know. And you know support local farmers at the end of the day, because in the like in World War one we you know we've like when men and women provided for the army, you know yeah, at the end of the day, I think
1: we should be doing more local looking after the farmers
0: farmers more. or because at yeah. the end of the day, without farmers there' will be no wildlife, no nature, we look after um forests, we look after wildlife we, we grow crops. You know, end of the day, we do. They don't realise how much our job does when we just think, "Oh, we just get milk and all that." But there is a lot more to it, and people meet the eye, really. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm I'm sure you I'm sure you're right, Uh, Janet. Earlier, we touched on food hygiene, which is usually important for you and your customers, especially uh, as you're inspected annually by the Environmental Health. So, share with us what's involved in keeping up to speed with all the regulations uh, and why, at a recent inspection, you were awarded five stars.
2: I know that was very, uh, basically, like everything else, when you start a new business, you have to register as a business. It goes through the council. Um, We've had to do everything, we've done everything to a high spec because this is a new business venture and we wanted to give the public to see that we are not mickey mouse farm we are want to do we want to do the best that we can be so we had the officer came round on the 21st um because it was a manic day because we were sort of a day before we had the plumbing coming in and we were up early on the thursday morning to get the cleaning away and i was busy on wednesday and the man came round and he was very impressed with our setup and yeah, Warders is five stars because everything was done to a top, a standard. Because in the we have a in the we were pasteurising milk because people were asking us for raw milk. With raw milk, there's forty pages, and also if you if you close down with TB, you can't sell your milk. So we've got a changing room where Chris has changed. He's got his white bellies, he's got his beard, he's got his hairnets, his white hat, white overall. We've got a sink there for his hands. We've got an eye wash in case, any... He needs to wash his eyes out with a first day, a kiss a mirror, a sink, a bin. And next room it's every hygiene, we've got a big cooler, pasteurised, a sink in there. And the resin on the floor, it's dragging moulding on the on the walls and it's everything's done to a high spec. So we wanna make sure that we keep on top of things things and to do well in our business because it's important. Milk is a food and we wanna be the top dog. In this place and,
1: and what um what kind of things would the environmental health officer check for you know talk us through some of the well, areas basically
2: you've got to have a wash wash basin hot and cold water towels make sure that we have uh, we've got fire exits and the um in the lighting we have special lighting with plastic um f- folders over it so therefore if it breaks it's not going to break down, it's covered. So, we're doing everything to a high spec. We've got fire extinguishers, we're doing everything by the book, we've got no smoking signs. Then, we do not want to smoke in a pasteuriser room, but we have to do everything by the book. Um, so, you know, we, it's high spec, so everything's
1: done properly. And because of all your effort in ensuring that you met all the, you know, you met or exceeded expectations in regard to the regulations.
2: I know, that was a great, great, I said, oh, I said, "Oh, what are we getting a good review today?" He said, "I would like to give you ten stars, but we can only give you five. Five is the limit. So, as high." One. So you've had
1: the maximum well, number. F- yeah, of Yeah, five.
2: So we're really happy, but it will come again next year. Yeah, he's very impressed, so he's coming again soon.
1: So your customers can um, yeah can be thankful that they they're getting very very high quality product. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chris, you you've been involved in helping the farm face its most recent challenge with the price of grain rising on world markets and severely affecting your profit margins so share with us how you've developed the idea of the dairy zone limited and uh, how you reach out to your new retail customers before I even thought
0: about Dairy Zone, I wanted to put a new cow. I wanted to put a new cow-friendly um, setup on the farm because if I can be more efficient with my cows and have better um, comfort from my beds, because if um, you know, it makes my life easier, makes it more efficient in the winter when I'm scraping out every day, and makes my life easier. But they were coming. I had a quote for one of them, and it was hundred and ninety nine thousand. Just for the steel and the roof, and you got another fifty thousand for concrete, another forty thousand for steel, and then you include, and then you got another on toss for your water, your troughs, your gates, and it was like you, you're looking around a quarter of a million. So I thought, well, I might as well look in, you know, let's get rid of that idea and think about what can I do. We've got these barns by the dairy, we always we fiberglassed it, and I thought, oh, well, let's make a twenty-four hour vending machine room. And, you know, I've been around to some farms and they're doing it quite well. So I thought, why can't we do that? We're on, we've got two gateways in, they pull in, pull out. So we've got the dairy all all done. We've got uh, all fiberglass, resin floor, pasteurizer, cooler. Um, and our, in the vending machine room, you can, there is a, you, there's a there's robot what picks up your bottles and it drops down. And we do jam, fudge as well. And there's a TV screen on there with me I repeat there's a drone uh, we were filming yesterday and there's a guy who filmed the cows in I got the cows in and then he was that you see me in the parlour what I'm doing putting the units on and then after that we came outside fed the young stock and then it's when I want people to know how what what it's like, how it's made, how it's um, produced on the farm, and in insight when they go into the vending machine, it's in there. So we, you know, they know what we're doing. We try and do everything by the book, and you know, we're a family-run business, and I want to try and do. I want to try and promote British farming and try, you know, back up the British farming really, because at the end of the day, I think we should support local farmers who are doing the best job we can really.
1: And obviously, selling milk—I uh, mean, it's early days for the dairy zone—but selling milk to the retail helps with your margin.
0: That, that is correct. Yes. Yeah.
1: and and helping you survive all the current cir- circumstances.
0: Yes, um, yeah, because it, it, it hold, the old the van machine holds two hundred liters. Um, there's four hundred liters in there all altogether, and then hopefully, as we progress in the coming years. I'm thinking might get a semi-skim, so we can do it with a semi-skim. We can go into double cream, um, make cheese, yogurts. There is there is so much we can do with milk and make it into more of a product, you know, and you know, not have the milk tank in and, and make it local. So it's all, you know, there is so much we can do. But we just need general public just to support us. To support you. And, yeah. you know, that is the main thing now. It's
1: just... And you're already getting some of that support.
0: Yeah, it, we have a lot of nice feedback on Facebook and Instagram for all them people who support me. Thank you very much. It's nice seeing people who are showing care and time for me, really. Thank you.
2: And also, it's education people what we're doing because we chris had an idea we did a leaflet drop about 16 months last january and we did it first we did a bit of market research and we got a good feedback so we had to research first and we got amazed how much feedback we got back so it's been hard it's been up and down and we've managed to we're so happy now it's open and and people are really happy with the milk
1: and you're going to add, or you've already added on the fact that they can um, flavour the milk now. That's yeah,
2: right. Milkshakes
0: there. There's a uh, six flavours of milkshakes.
2: My friend Melanie Latham, she's come and brought me some nice jams, chutneys, marmalade, and strawberry jam. Got a Lady Call Hannah. She's making some fudge for us. So we're trying to put more into it and hopefully get some eggs. But at the moment we opened a week last Monday, so. We're just getting things. You know, you're know. you just as, getting
1: things moving. Well, that's right, it, and yeah. it, and it's been really encouraging by the public.
2: Um, yeah. So, so you, so
1: you could end up with a farm shop there eventually.
2: Hopefully, yeah, uh, if it goes well.
1: Um, and then you're going <laughs> to add to those products as you go along.
2: Yeah, it all takes time. And money, really. We just we have to sort of we spend all our money out. You have to spend money to make money. So we're just at the moment, we just want to be careful and look to the future, really, and we want people to come in.
1: OK, so before we finish, um, I want to say a big thank you for coming into the studio today. I think you're the only the fourth or fifth person this year that's been in the studio That's because of COVID. So a big thank you for that. And before we finish, tell our listeners how they can find more information about the Dairy Zone.
0: They can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok.
1: And uh, is there a website yet?
0: Um, not a
2: website just yet.
1: It's all on Facebook, Facebook, So, and it's under Dairy Zone. Dairy Zone Limited. Limited. Dairy Zone Limited.
2: And a big thank you, Des, for, for inviting us in today.
1: We've enjoyed ourselves, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, you're very welcome, and thank you for coming on The Cat today.
0: Go to cat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.